This is the true story of a New York City boy with big town hopes and small neighborhood dreams of becoming BFFs with the Real Housewives and other Bravo celebrities. Then, one day, that dream actually came true. Let me take you behind the velvet rope. Hey everyone, this is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one, the only Bachelor Nation's Blake Horseman. Hello. Hello. Hi. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming and stopping by. What is going on with you today? Not much. Uh, pretty lazy day today. Worked out a couple times and then now uh, I'm done for the day. Now I got the podcast. So. <laughs> okay. What is working out? I mean, I'm not shocked to hear this. What is working out a couple of times a day? Like I get up, I, I go to the gym at 7 a.m. for an hour. I'm sh- what do you yeah, work out I, so- like seven times a day? You, I mean, like two to three sometimes. I'm bored. So like, that's like the one thing that like, I'll like ride my Peloton and then I'll do like an F45 class. Then I'll like go to the gym, like the actual like weight room. That's kind of like my daily thing, you know, right? Especially right now, obviously, like there's not much going on. I can't travel, none of that. So it's been a little rough. Where are you in the world again? I forgot. I'm in Denver, Denver, okay. Colorado. That's yep. what I thought. Is that where Trista and Ryan are? Are they somewhere else in Colorado? So yeah, they're actually, what's crazy is that's kind of how my family got into the show was because he, I'm pretty sure he's from like Evergreen or he's from Evergreen or Vail, maybe one of those, which I grew up in the mountains, like 15 minutes from there. So that's when my mom started watching the show and my mom and sister started watching the show was when Tristan and Ryan were, were together. So yeah, they live out here. Your mother started watching it all because, uh, because Ryan was from Colorado. Oh yeah, she was in love with Ryan. Yeah, as as most of America was at the time. <laughs> I was gonna say Trista was just on our show like a week or two ago, and I think oh, really? every, I think yeah, I think everyone was yeah. I I couldn't remember where they lived now, but it's somewhere it's somewhere right there. Yeah, it's out here in the mountains. Yep, Vale. I'm pretty sure they live in Vale now. So what's going on there? Is it like are you guys kind of in New York? Is in this like state of flux? I, I don't know what New York City is right now. Yeah, I've seen videos where I like New York. Sometimes I'm like, oh, they're wide open. And other times I'm like, I don't know. It's, yeah, you guys are in our influx. But we're, we just moved last week, I think, to 50% indoor capacity. I mean, we still have like mask mandate and all of that. But we're at least slowly opening. Our numbers have been great. We've been going down significantly. So wow. it's good to see. There's light at the end of the tunnel. I hope so. Because then you would be less yeah. bored and you wouldn't have to go to the gym three times a day. <laughs> yeah, nobody wants to do that, you know? Or the route to the happy hour and stuff. So seriously, so how did you get involved in The Bachelor? Was it your mother having watched mm-hmm. and been a fan of Tristan Ryan's? That's exactly right. So she had watched the show for years, been a big fan. My sister as well, um, and they had want, wanted to get me on the show for like a long time. You know, they kept like kind of egging me on. I was like, no. I kept being like, those guys are douchebags. Like they all suck. You know, and look at me now. But uh, so I just kept saying no, no, no. And then uh, I went through a bit of a, a rough breakup, and uh, I was kind of coming off of that, like healing from that, and I finally felt good enough. I was like, you know what? screw it, go ahead, nominate me. And they went online, nominated me. And within 48 hours, I had a phone call from a casting uh, director or something. So that's how wow. I got in this crazy world. Yep. Did you ever watch the show yourself before? Uh, here and there. Like I, I've never, I had never watched a full season, but of course I'd watch an episode there. There, So I went to college in Nebraska. And when I was living out there, I think it was when I was in college, maybe a year out of college, uh, Jade, 
which whose season was that? Can't think of who's was that. I Chris Soles. Was that, yeah, I think it was Chris Soles. So Jade made it to like hometowns or close to that, and she's from Nebraska. So then everybody in Nebraska was super into it and watching that season, and so I had seen some of that, but I had never watched a full up or full season before. So when you applied and then you had a call, what right away they were like, okay, you got it, like pretty quickly. Uh, it was no, actually. So I was one of the, you know, cause everybody has such a unique experience. Like some people yeah. process some people. I remember, um, oh my gosh, I can't think of his name now. The dunker, the Harlan, the like professional dunker who was on my seat, like dunked over Becca. I don't know if you remember that. Anyway, he had like 48 hours. They found him and within 48 hours of filming and he was on the show. Yeah. Wow. So it's kind of crazy, but I, mine was six months. My first call was October. Uh, we started filming mid March. And uh, it was like, yeah, 15 minute call. And they were like, oh, you seem normal enough. And then I did like pictures, made the video. And then they flew me out to LA twice, including that finals weekend. So it was a bit of a long process for me compared to like other people. Like, did you have any reservations at all? Or your mother was like, I don't care what you say. You're going on this show. <laughs> I, uh, that, that's funny you say that because I didn't have any reservations. Like I really was like, it was at a point in my life where I was like financially stable. I, I was felt like, but like, I liked my job. But I didn't love it. I felt like I was just treading water. And so I was like ready for a change. I needed something different. And I didn't know what, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Like if I could go back and tell old Blake, maybe he'd be a little more, res- you know, he'd have a little more reservations. But yeah, but I remember coming home, you know, from like, I'm skipping ahead a little bit. We're coming home from the Maldives and the breakup and everything. And I remember being like, mom, what the, like, what the hell? Like, why did you do this? Like, look, look at me now, you know? And she felt all the guilty, but it ended up all good in the long run. Like you thought maybe you'd go on one season and maybe fun love. You didn't realize like this was like Bachelor in Paradise. No, exactly. I, is... I remember coming off Bachelor and I was like, no way I'd do Paradise. Like that's for like, no way. That's a bunch of washed up reality stuff. You know, like, I don't want to do that. Um, but going into the show, you know, I, I would like, I would be lying to you if I was like, yeah, I'm going to fall in love. Like I didn't actually think that, you know, I was like, I'll make some cool friends. I'll travel a little bit. And then obviously pretty quickly for me anyway, I was like, "Uh Oh, I'm going to fall for this girl, you know? So it was a bit of a different experience. So you didn't know, did you know like who the bad, like, did you know it was going to be Becca before you were on it? And did you know Um, who she was? So I had, obviously, once I started going through the process, I started watching Ari's season just to see, you know, and I was spoiled. Like I was reading all the reality stuff. I was trying to figure out who, you know, is going to be the bachelorette. And obviously I knew Beck had broken up. So I had an idea that she was going to be a bachelorette. But the crazy part is I, I was one of those few, those five guys who met her on After the Final Rose on live television. I brought a horse out and like threw her up on the horse, that whole, whole thing. So I had a bit of a, it was so weird. I had to go on national television, ABC in front of millions of people and then go back to work for a week and then I left for filming so it was it was really weird to be like still walking around and people would recognize me at that point even so right because then they knew you were going to be on the show yeah exactly so I didn't have to hide it I had like a going away party you know it's like a completely different experience than other people that's so funny and so right so you were like you know like hey I had a bad breakup now I'm over it maybe but you weren't like oh my god I'm gonna fall in love you're like it's a good experience but Look. No, yeah, exactly. It was more about like, oh, this be a fun experience, something different. I can kind of like get out of my same old rut every day. Uh, I was, so at the time, I actually kind of from, if it was from Ari season, I actually kind of wanted it to be Tia. I just thought maybe we'd get along. Um, but I'm so glad it was Becca. And even the first time I met her on that stage, I was like, oh, we're good. Like, I don't know what it was. I was like, oh, we're going to get along. You know, she seems super cool and beautiful and everything. So I was happy it was Becca at the end of the day. And then, like you said, right away, you kind of started falling for her. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I had the first one on one date, uh, went incredibly well. 
And like, it was, I was still at that point, it was still that weird thing. Like, what am I got myself into? You know, like what, this is so crazy. Uh, the cameras and everything. Um, but there was a moment, uh, and I've talked about this a couple of times, but it was kind of a crazy behind the scenes moment. So, um, and I think she's even talked about it a little bit, but, um, it was after the second rose ceremony. She had the first rose ceremony right away that first night, and the second rose ceremony. So I'd already had a rose, obviously had the one-on-one, uh, and I was laying in bed. This is after the rose ceremony at, it's like three, four in the morning, uh, after the rose ceremony. And I was in bed we were all in bed. Like I was half asleep and I get this, you know, like tap on my shoulder. And I was like, uh Oh, and I like, you know, a little over and it was a producer. And she was like, come downstairs. And I was like, okay. At this point, I was like, oh, I'm getting kicked off the show. Like, you know what's happening? Um, and I go downstairs and I get dressed, go downstairs in the little foray of the, of the mansion. And all of a sudden, I see Becca, full gown still, full makeup. She was just doing ITMs, come hauling around the corner and like jumped in my arms. You know, we kissed and she took off running again. Producers were like chasing her. You know, she actually got in big trouble for it, she told me. Uh, but I remember that moment, like getting back in bed and laying down, being like, oh no, like what have I done? Like this is going to be really hard. You know, I'm going to fall for this girl. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, and I think your season, I don't know the last season that I felt this, but you know, your season was back in the innocent times when, you know, I think people, (laughs) well, you know, like people either went maybe for friends, maybe for an experience, you know, like you didn't Mm. feel back in your day, like no one was there for Instagram followers then, I don't think, or maybe they were. I mean, a little bit, but I remember coming, going into the season and being like, it'd be cool to come out and make, be able to make appearances and like I could pay off my student loans or my car. Like that was what I think. And then, yeah, once you get off the show, it was like, oh, I'm making more money than I could have dreamed of. You know, I was like, what is happening? You know, I'm getting like crazy deals on Instagram. And so, yeah, I think probably my season and then, yeah, it'd probably be about my season for The Bachelorette. I think maybe The Bachelor before Ari's season, those girls kind of, you know, pot like Tia was really popular. Um, but yeah, it was, now it's just an absolutely insane how much money you can make. It's just insane. Yeah. Is that what happened? Like right afterwards, like you came off and you thought maybe was it like literally within like 24 to 40 hours, like, wait, my Instagram, how many followers do I have and what's going so, on? So yeah, it was, yeah. I remember, well, like when it, it aired. A, yeah. I think it was just so first episode I got, I got a decent amount of screen time, like night one. Um, and it was like, you know, I gained like 30, 35, which is still insane to think. But yeah. then my one-on-one, my one-on-one, I gained like a hundred thousand like overnight. And that was when I woke up and I was like, holy cow, like what is happening? You know, and I'm getting like thousands of comments, thousands of likes. And yeah, it was, it was a whirlwind. And then obviously at the very end, um, like the finale and everything I got, you know, I gained like 200,000 that night. Um, so yeah, it was, it's hard to explain, like just all of a sudden being shot into like, quote unquote, like, I don't know, recognizable. I never say we're celebrities because we're not. We're just recognizable. So like being shot into that stratosphere is kind of crazy overnight. And then when did like sponsors start coming to Instagram? Because, you know, like at first you're like, oh, I mean, that's cool. Like 100,000 followers. Like, you know, let's pat yourself mm-hmm. on the back and lots of comments. And mm-hmm. but then when were you like, no, these, this is great. I love all my followers, but hold on. This is now yeah. real. This is a business. Yeah, it was. So I actually, you know, I was still being considered for the bachelor, like me, Jason and Colton were still being considered for the bachelor. So I waited a really long time and I was like, I like listening to the producers. You know, I didn't post a lot. I didn't story a lot. Like I, I, if I could go back, maybe I'd do things a little differently more my way. Like I felt like I wasn't being myself, you know? Um, But as soon as like, literally as soon as Colton was announced as the bachelor, I got an agent and then it was like within four days, I had probably a hundred thousand worth of Instagram ads to do you know it was just like overnight yeah and then we're you know i was traveling across the country i was going to canada 
you know, doing appearances. It was just like, my life was just insane for the next year. Yeah, just absolutely insane. So were you like, okay, this isn't such a bad consolation prize or were you still like, you know, cause like you said, like you really did fall for Becca mm-hmm. yeah, and then um, you made it really far. I mean, you were the runner up. I mean, right. okay. Before we get into like what happened after, I mean, were you like, take me back to that. Like, were you shocked? Did you really think you were going to be the one chosen? Yeah, it was. Uh, so that week in the Maldives, we spent like 10 days in the Maldives, which by the way is incredible. Highly recommend the Maldives. Um, I've, I've been to so many places. I've never been to the Maldives, but I would like to it go. It was incredible. Yeah, yeah. If you get a chance, it's heaven on earth. It's, yeah, it's picturesque. It's like a postcard. But wow. um, yeah, it's awesome. So um, I had some doubts at the beginning of the Maldives. Like, so I, when I met her family, so I met her family, fantastic. We all got along and it wasn't like there was anything that happened where I was like, you know, something's missing or something's wrong except for one moment and most of the time and this is i'm sure with everybody if you're really feeling it you know if there's a really connection like anytime you have off camera or anytime you have where you can see each other for a second or hug each other we would and there was a moment when i was coming out of an interview and beck was coming out of an interview with her mom and we kind of like made eyes and most of the time she'd run into my arms and she kind of put her head down and walked away. And I was like, oh, shit. You know, I was like, uh-oh, uh, that's not a good sign. And I remember being really down after that. And I remember being in my ITMs. And there's a, you know, they actually aired it. And I was like, it's not me. It's gonna, she's going to pick Garrett. She's going to pick Garrett. Um, but then my date, our last date went so well. Um, like, it just everything went well on that date. Uh, I could still feel some, you know, like she was a little. But I was just, I kept saying in my head, like, oh, it's just, you know, she's nervous. She's scared. She's got to break a heart. You know, it's just like, this is crazy. It's been three months. Um, so I kept like making excuses for myself. But on the day of the proposal, I was, I was confident. Yeah, I was confident it was going to be me. Um, and yeah, it sucked. Like, I remember she didn't let me get on my knee, which was great. Like, at least, I, you know, it's, I never thought I'd pick out a ring and then have to do it again. That's not something I ever thought I'd have to do. But at least she didn't let me get on my knee, which was nice. That's, I'll save that, you know. Uh, but yeah, it was hard. Like, and it, it was, it was like when she, I, she took a deep breath before she started talking and I knew, I just knew right away. So, you know, I was holding her hands and, um, it sucked. It was, it was really, really hard. And it, yeah, I mean, you saw me, I was crying into a towel, sweating. It was rough. It was a rough day. Yeah. I mean, so are, were you shocked at, you know, just the emotion of like, here you are, your mother was a fan of Tristan Ryan's, you know, there you are. Like, were you shocked at like, you can fall in love on TV in a really quick period of time. Like for all the naysayers out there that think, you know, you can't really fall in love. Were you shocked? Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was shocked. Um, yeah, I was. I, it was like in that environment, like, and you ask yourself, like, I remember maybe like week three or four, I remember reading my journal, like week three or four, I was even questioning it. I was like, is this bubble? Like, why am I so into this girl? You know, is it like, cause of the producers, cause of these extravagant dates were going on. Like we do ask ourselves that, like we know how ridiculous it is, you know? Um, but I just, you got to just decide. Like, I think when you're in that environment, you either got to decide, Hey, I'm going to keep my walls up or you got to decide like, I'm going to be honest, open, vulnerable, no, no walls, nothing. You just got to like own the experience. And I came to that point like week three or four where I was like, you know what? screw this, screw all the naysayers, screw all the doubters. Like, I'm just going to go for it. Like, I'm just going to go, you know, say how I feel, be honest and be open. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it was shocking. And the emotions at the end, um, I think it was obviously I was brokenhearted, but it's also just a buildup. Like for three months, you know, you've been building up to that moment and then be so shocked. And then to know like it's over, this experience is over and you're not going to like, 
you're not going to see her again. Like that was the weird part. It's like, it's not like, you know, you break up with somebody and maybe, you know, you text every once in a while or you like something like that. It wasn't, it was like, boom, she's engaged to another man. So it was just a very strange feeling. Yeah, I could imagine. And I could imagine like, well, first of all, if you keep your walls up, you're never going to make it far just because there's so few minutes. Mm -hmm. But I could imagine, right, like you, your mind could play tricks on you because like in a way, if you give yourself over, like who wouldn't fall in love? Like it's free dinners and horse rides and like it's not the real world. So, I mean, it helps you fall in love, but I would imagine your mind can play tricks on you because like, who wouldn't want a free vacation to the Maldives? Like, I mean, I'm not mm-hmm. saying that's going to make you fall in love, but it certainly doesn't hurt if you're, you know what I mean? Like it just, yeah. it's, it's a fantasy play world in like a good way. Like it's got to, yeah. like it's got to fuck with your mind in a sense of like, do I love all yeah. this fun stuff and I'm attracted mm-hmm. to this person, you know, like, or is this real love? But it sounds, I mean, yeah, like totally. And I know there's, was. Yeah, exactly. I'd say there's, there's definitely people who come off the show and they are like, oh, I was just like, Becca's awesome. But like, I wasn't actually in love with her. I was just in love with the process, the experience and all that. But like, I, I, I'm like, I'll admit that like I was head over heels for her. So it wasn't, I mean, it was, I'm like you said, I'm sure it was everything, but I was also, you know, head over heels for her. So it was, yeah, interesting experience. Do you have a problem with, and it's okay if you do, and we're going to talk about your amazing podcast soon too. Like, do you have a problem with people that do go for Instagram followers now? Like, is there anything wrong with that? Or is, you know, is there? Yeah. Um, I mean, if it's so blatant, like if they just have no interest in the lead, then I think, you know, then I think it rubs me the wrong way. But if you're like interested in the lead, but also like, Hey, it'd be cool to be able to like, you know, make a half a mil, you know, get a few thousand followers, you know, a few hundred thousand, then fine. But if, yeah, if you're just like not even a track, he's not your type or she's not your type at all, like then you're wasting their time and you know, all that kind of thing. So. And do you think it's, so, well, I mean, do you think this season, we'll talk about this season more, do you think someone like Queen Victoria, like, was she there for the right reasons? I mean, because, you know, there is a school of thought that, like, I forgot who I had on, I think, I don't know who it was from The Bachelor, like, is there a point that you could go and you can say, like, I actually like this guy, but I'm never going to get chosen, or girl, like, it's just, it's not, it's so obvious it's not going to be me, well, guess what? Uh, now I got to switch to plan B and I'm leaving here with half a million dollars and Instagram mm-hmm. and I, and yeah. Ads. So that's, a, that's actually a great point because yes, like you can tell pretty early on, even like the other people, the contestants, if you will, who she's into and who she's not or who Matt's into and who Matt's not. Right. Um, it was, I mean, very early on, I knew the final four on my season, probably by like week three. Like I really? knew Garrett, me, Garrett Colton, I knew for sure. Jason snuck in there. We weren't sure about Jason. Jason snuck in there because um, they had such a late connection because he got like a super late one-on-one. But I knew it was going to be me. And then I knew it was going to be me and Garrett at the end, by probably by Vegas, which was week like four or five. Yeah. I mean, and everybody else did too. Everybody else did. So, uh, and that's, I think that says a lot about Becca too. Like, you know, she can't like fake it. She can't like, you know. So, um, and then, yeah, agreed. If, if by like week three, you're like, hey, we have zero connection, but I'm going to make good TV. Fine. You know, at that point, fine. If you're on the show, do your thing. Like, but if you go on the show knowing already, like, this is not my type. I'm not going to like this man. I'm going to waste his time and try and make money. Then I think that's a little different. Um, but Victoria this season, gosh, she's hard. I mean, I feel like she's, because she, like you could almost say Demi. Demi in the last season, I think, I don't know necessarily know if Colton was her type. Like, she's so um i don't know free and you know like so sexual and colton's like a virgin shy virgin you know like i don't think if she right. was like that's my man you know going into it uh, but she made good tv you know and she's made god knows how much money so 
I don't know. I go back and forth because Victoria was just so over the top, in my opinion, this, this season, it was just like a little too much, but then she had some moments with Matt where I was like, damn, is she in, like, is she an actress? Is she into him? Or is she, it was, it was weird. Victoria was very unique. She was. Cause to me, it's like, okay, you came for Instagram followers and you're good at what you do. I mean, not a lot. Anyone could just take someone's crown mm-hmm. off their head or whatever. But then part of me was like, maybe she is, would you know like it all like you know maybe she did want that and it was just so clear to her like i will never be the one at the end and now let me step it up and take someone's crown off their hat and really Mm -hmm. just go i mean listen she's i mean the main person a lot of people are talking about so job she got yeah she might have gotten like the top three screen time you know and for having zero connection with matt like that's that's impressive to do uh but i don't know if she necessarily it'll be interesting to see you know women tells this week it'll be interesting to see uh how her mental health is doing because she got dragged over the coals and some of it was was you know she should have um but it'll be interesting to see if she thinks it's worth it or not it will be because I know which also could be a play. This see, this is what happens when you're from New York City. You are a cynical person, and you just <laughs> I'm like very happy. I have a great life. I just so she deleted her Instagram when she came off. When like her, I think it's I I think it's back. I think the night that she got eliminated or sent home, I think that's when it got really bad, and she deleted her Instagram. So I'm imagining yes, it was pretty bad. The comments, mm-hmm. but also. I don't know. Was that a ploy? So it's just, but I agree with you. It's going to be interesting to see like if it's worth it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about, right. So that's it. But I mean, I I guess you don't have that big a problem with people that go for IG followers. I mean, I don't know. It just is what it is. Right. Yeah. Especially now, you know, now it is what it is. Like you can't, you can't not let them have Instagram followers and make money, you know? So. But, I, but I've talked to other people that have been on seasons. They say the same thing you do, that it is fairly obvious who's going to be the final whatever, mm-hmm. which yeah, is it, interesting, it is. which is interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, listen, it's kind of obvious to the audience, but not really. I mean, I think they purposely try to dissuade you a little bit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to make good TV. What about other people this season? Like, kit you know like her you know i mean she got a lot of talk you know like her mother cynthia rowley okay Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. she is an influencer i mean she doesn't need the money her mother is this famous fashion designer live in new york but you know the screen time can certainly help with her so like you look at someone like that and you're like were you really there for the right reasons i I don't know yeah kit was interesting to me too because when i first saw her 21 years old you know coming from you know a wealthy you know family but she surprised me i was like Oh, she's going to suck. She surprised me. Like she was way more mature for her age than a lot of the other girls on the season. Uh, I felt like she actually did really like Matt and I think they had a decent connection. Um, so it's, that's one of those things you can't judge a book by the cover and even, you know, their job title or their age for that matter. Like you just never know, you know? Um, and I didn't even know, I don't, I'm not in fashion to say the least. So I had no idea who her mom was, but I had heard, you know? Um, but yeah, it's just, it's crazy. Sometimes the people you don't think will have a connection has a connection and you know, they end up being really cool. So. And I thought she was kind of into him too. I'm just always, Mm -hmm. Again, I go back to being somewhat cynical. I always question when someone leaves on their own. It's almost like, are you trying to save face? Right. Or, you know, again, if you're going to be remembered like as a B plus, leaving on your own, it could be a dramatic moment. Do you know what I mean? Like, and it could 
okay, well now I remember you more. I don't really think that's the case in Kit's case. Like I think we remember her regardless, but you could make an exit on your own terms. And that's something, I don't know. I just always think that. Well, I think Serena, right? Didn't Serena just do that? She kind of yeah. left on her own. That's, yeah. that's going to be a memorable one. Like, you know, like all the way to hometowns and then you leave. Like, that's pretty crazy. So I just always question like, if, I mean, I think you probably weren't feeling it at some point, but you know, you, you left on your own. Yeah. What about, so are you currently single now or do you have a girlfriend? I am. Nope. Uh, unfortunately I am single, very single. Yeah. It's okay. I'm single too. Not hitting on you. <laughs> just making a statement. Single people unite. Amen. So do you like when, you know, something like this is on, you're watching it for your podcast. Again, we are going to talk about your podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, do you sit there like, well, listen, Bachelor Nation is a world in and of itself. You know, you can all reach out to each other. So do you sit there and you say like, okay, Serena, Michelle and Kit. Mm, okay. I'm going to, you know, let's see how this plays out. And I'm going to slip into Kit's DMs if, if this, you know, doesn't work out. Like, I imagine that happens, right? I'll admit it. As important as it is for me to eat healthy and put the right nutrients into my body and hydrate, I'm really not great at it. I'm always on the go. I'm never making that a priority, and I'm always hungry. This was a real problem until I discovered 310 Nutrition. I love 310 Nutrition's water hydrators. You just add them to water, and they make your water taste so much better. They also have refreshing lemonade mixes. My personal favorite, they're all-in-one shakes. I love their caramel sundae, their vanilla cake, the shamrock cream. I drink one of these shakes and it totally satisfies my hunger. They're low in fat and low carbs, which I love. They also satisfy my carb craving. But don't take my word for it. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code VELVETROPE and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 off your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and it's easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code VELVETROPE right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order that's 310nutrition.com and use code velvet row yeah um i would say that used to be maybe honestly like i'm terrified now like i'm terrified because of paradise like i just i'm very cynical when it comes to people in imagination now and i think the second if i ever i have not slid into a single one of the girls dms in this season i am very cynical in the sense of they'll use it they'll use it they'll tell the producers they'll create a story like Kaylin and christina did and they'll create a story for the for paradise so even not that i'm going to go to paradise but like i just i don't want to be a part of that you know um so no i do not i know a lot of guys do i know a lot of guys do sliding dms and stuff which and i don't blame them a lot of people think like we're not guinea pigs you know like we're allowed to live our life like a lot of people think that we're we should be like not talk to other girls it's like hey if you have a connection you see somebody do it before paradise like then don't go to paradise just like caitlin and jason did it perfect you know like jason was like i'm feeling caitlin and i was like go for it you know like don't try and do this whole paradise thing just go for it and so i don't blame guys or girls for that matter who slide in dms i don't blame them at all oh i know i make it look so easy to bring you behind the velvet rope podcast five days a week but trust me it's really not easy before I found Fiverr Business, I was all over the place. I was managing multiple freelancers that were so hard to track down and nothing was getting done. And I was spending so much time doing this. Fiverr Business has changed everything. They've given me access to an all-star team of super freelancers. And you get to manage all of these freelancers from one easy-to-use dashboard. I have turned to Fiverr Business for everything, graphic design, copywriting, social media. They really 
provide an all-star team of freelancers. If you have a business need, Fiverr business can solve it. Again, you stop wasting time searching for talent. You leave it to Fiverr business and it really simplifies working with multiple freelancers. You set budgets, you manage projects, and this is all done with ease. Listen, collaborating online hasn't been this easy since ever. And right now, you can sign up for Fiverr business absolutely free for the first year. You get one free year and you save 10% on your purchase of Fiverr business with a promo code VELVET. Just go to fiverr.com slash business. That's fiverr.com slash business. And don't forget the promo code VELVET. It will simplify all of your freelance needs and change your life. Yeah, I didn't even think of that for paradise. I just thought of it in like you're single and you see like a cute girl on the show, but you're right. Like people probably do it to get on paradise. Oh yeah, big time, big time. And they'll be tell the producer and be like, you know, me and Blake have been DMing. So like if he's down there, I'll definitely go or something like that, you know? And so, yeah, no, I, I'm cynical when it comes to a lot of the women in bachelor, and men, you know, in Bachelor Nation and their ability to kind of twist the system. Well, Paradise is a mindfuck. Like I just, I mean, I mean, it's amazing TV, but I don't even, it's like, there's so many levels of stuff. You would never want to go back to Paradise again. Mm, I don't think, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say never, ever, but like, like I said, why we talked about, like you have to be open and honest and walls down to like have this experience work, that process. And I don't, I don't think I could do that again with the amount of times that I was like, lie to my face you know i went through like so many producers there at the beginning who would lie to me and then they can't i'll catch them and they can't talk to me anymore because i don't trust them so they switch producers you know i got probably like four or five producers in the first like four days you know so like i just i don't think i could be myself in that environment again really like what like you just figured out a producer lied to you and then you call them out on it and then you mm-hmm. went to- or they don't even they know that you don't even have to call them out. They know it'll just be like, then you go to the next ITM. It's a different producer, you know? Uh, so yeah, they, they just know. Um, yeah. It, it's, it's a crazy experience, you know? And it, yeah, it's, it's hard to say the least. Would you, were you upset when Colton got to be the bachelor and you were in the mix? Um, I wasn't upset by any means. Like I never allowed myself to be like, I'm going to be the bachelor. Like I never allowed myself to do that. Uh, I knew it was probably going to be Colton from the beginning, like a good looking ex NFL player. Who's a virgin. That's a hard storyline to pass up, you know? So I, and then I thought Jason, like Jason, you know, I thought maybe Jason could be the bachelor, you know? So uh, I never really allowed myself to think it, but it was a bit of a like slap in the face, not to me, but like to the whole, I guess, process in my opinion, just because Colton was very much gunning for it, you know, which is fine. Like that's, that was his, I guess, quote unquote strategy, if you will. But that was a bit of a slap in the face because it was like, the show doesn't care. Like, it, you know, they just, they, I don't think they necessarily care. Like I remember Colton went into the meetings and was like, if you guys want a love story, it's Blake and Jason. But like, if you want a good season, it's going to be me, you know? And so it was a bit of slap in the face in that sense. Like, so you care about ratings over love, which they do now. I know that, you know, like, but I was very naive and doe eyed back then. Right. Cause like the backstory of like, you know, Virgin and all that, that's something you can't pass up. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't blame the producer. Yeah. Not at all. Not at all. Yeah. How do you think Matt is doing this season? I think he's like great. I mean, for the fact that he didn't, wasn't on any other show before this, I think he's handling himself very well. I think, 
um, you know, I think he started out a little tense, uh, a little bit more like the open eye kissing was because he like was looking at cameras and stuff, you know, which I don't blame him because it is very strange. But I think for the most part, he's handled himself pretty well on screen. And uh, I don't know, I, I've actually enjoyed I've enjoyed watching him as the bachelor. I think he's made good decisions and had good conversations. Did you feel when you were there or either at like the bachelorette or in Paris, like, was there like a lot of producer involvement? I mean, again, I've talked to a lot of different people on this. Like from your point of view, Um, like, okay, that one said that about you, like just trying to start drama or like feelings wise. um, So Bachelorette for me, like, like I said, everybody has such a unique experience. Bachelorette for me, I never got fucked with, never got fucked with. Um, Yeah. I mean, I, I think a lot of that has to do with the lead usually is like, I'm into like, you know, these three people, like, don't you dare like make them leave or upset them. You know, one of those things, like leave them alone. And I think I was lucky enough to be one of those people. But yeah, paradise was pretty, pretty rough with the manipulation. I mean, I, yeah, I could go into, and it's not only, it's not necessarily even the manipulation by producers, like the actual producers on the beach. There is some of that, obviously. Uh, but a lot of it happens post-show, like, like in the editing. That's when it. That's when that's when it all comes out like horrible like mean 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 yeah that's when it yeah and that's when people ask me like is the show real um uh yeah they ask me like is the show real i always say listen what you're watching is real like if i'm laughing i'm laughing if i'm crying i'm crying like if i'm mad i'm mad not faking that but i might be laughing at something else they might have edited it so i'm laughing at something else or i'm crying at something else i mean they took entire sentences i said uh i said a sentence about hannah g and they completely took the whole sentence so i said it about taisha um they filmed me like running to the bathroom and i had to pee really because you can't just pee whenever you want so i was running to the bathroom they finally let me pee and i ran to the bathroom and i was pacing because somebody's in there and they edited it so it looked like i was running away from kaylin and then dubbed words over me so like that's an example of like how bad the editing can make someone look it's like really bad and then, like, as you watch that, were you just like, all right, I'm, you know, I'm used to that. Or were you just like, what? No, I was pissed. Oh, my God. When I watched those first two episodes, because I watched them early. I got a call for Paradise um, from my producer. The show was going to air. Well, the first episode was going to air Monday. I got a call Saturday. And the producer called me and was like, it's not going to be good. And if the producer says that, you're in bad news. So I got the, I watched the first two episodes and I was like, nope, I'm burning this fucker down. I was like, if you guys want to do this, you guys want to make me look like a monster who silences women and all this. I was like, nope, I'm going to burn it down. And I had list, I had listed like 10 things out of like all the crazy edits that happened the first two episodes. Um, I didn't, I mean, I've talked about some of them, but I didn't talk about them all, but I was, I know I was, I was very angry. I just felt like everybody who I thought were my friends and who I trusted just stabbed me in the back. Cause I didn't know a lot of the things that were being said about me on the beach. Like the things Caitlin was said, I had no idea. And like some of the things in the ITMs, I didn't know those were being said. So it was, it was hard to watch. Cause right. Like at that point, if they're going to paint you in a certain direction, what you're like, when you say burn it down, well, like I'm just going to talk and say whatever I want now and explain how it yeah. really happened. Pretty much. I was like, okay, like if you guys are going to do this, I'm not going to let you. Like, I'm just going to talk about the things that are happening. I'm going to release the text messages. I'm, I'm not going to like let you guys. Cause that's the thing is like nobody, there's no way I would have ever gotten my, you know, I would have never been able to talk, talk about the truth or like, you know, what really happened because I was silenced at that point. I was under contract. No way the show was going to make, like I was clearly already the villain. No way the show was going to make me look good. You know, you know, beautiful white women crying. Like I was screwed. Like I was over for me. So I was like, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to handle this, you know, I'm not going to go, I'm going to go kicking and screaming if you will. 
And then, like, I think for the most part, because everyone speaks, I mean, eventually. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was, the, I forgot who, who just got sued. I forgot who it was. Someone just yeah, got sued. Was it Luke Parker? I think, I think so. But for the most yeah. part, people are not getting sued. Like, I, I forgot what he said specifically. I mean, it was bad. I don't either. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why he was the one who got sued right. like 20 years. 20 years right. he gets sued and loses. They've sued, but they never win. Um, so I don't know. I think it was because he was actually legitimately still under contract and said some things um, where like, you know, once you're off contract, you're technically on like a lifetime contract, but that's not right. a thing. Like you can't actually right. put something in a lifetime contract. Right. So it'd be hard to win in court. But I got a lot of cease and desist. Yeah, I got a lot of cease and desist, which the first one is terrifying. <laughs> you know, I was so scared. But by like the third one, I was like, no. Yeah. Well, I, you, I'm a lawyer. I don't practice law anymore. And yeah, I always tell people, you know, if, if I got a cease and desist, I would rip it up into a thousand pieces and throw it in the garbage. It's like, yeah. you can sue me or you cannot sue me, but this cease and desist is not worth the paper it's written on. Yeah. But I think, I think Matt's doing pretty well. Mm-hmm. What about, so talk to me, cause I know that you're a mental health advocate and that's like a big part of, you know, what you stand for, you know, Yes, the whole Instagram thing, but like, look at we've had these themes of bullying this season, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. with Victoria and some of the other women, you know. So, talk to me like, how did you, you know, how did mental health become something that you were passionate about and like became an advocate of? Yeah. And like, do you think these themes are now, I mean, here we are, like, is that overshadowing before we get to everything else going on? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, it's almost like this season is just not about the love really yeah yeah it's uh so when i went through my paradise situation um it was it was it was really bad you know i just felt like i felt incredibly alone i never really felt that way before it was kind of a a shock to me thinking that a lot of people feel this way you know and i had i uh i had always been the kind of guy who was like just rub dirt on it or like don't show emotion because like you're a man you know blah 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 blah. um and so it it was i felt like I, i it was horrible like i just felt I couldn't get out of bed. I stayed in bed for maybe two to three months. Really? Um, gained a ton of weight. Yeah, I couldn't get out. I like, gained a ton of weight. I, I mean, my family was worried about me. They do wellness checks on me. I couldn't, like, it was bad. It was so, so bad. Um, I just felt like everybody was against me and the whole world was on my shoulders and there's nothing I could do. Um, I had really bad anxiety, really bad panic attacks, depression, all of that. And it was really the first time I had felt that. And then that's when I was like, wait a minute, like, people live with chronic depression, chronic anxiety. I'm like, how do these, like, these are some of the strongest people in the world. So, you know, I became very passionate about like helping others and talking just even as much as just talking about my experience, because when I talk about it, other people feel comfortable to talk about it, you know, and other people can talk about their depression and kind of what they're going through and their ups and downs. And I'm just trying to like, I talk about therapy. Like I go to therapy still. Um, and so just like breaking the stigma, especially with men, breaking the stigma with therapy and like, it's okay to talk about your feelings, you know, it's okay to be down. Like you don't have to act tough and like, you're okay all the time, you know? Um, and even some of my closest friends, when I went through what I was doing, like friends I've known since tiny, tiny, I found out some of them are on like, pills you know for depression and i was like i had no idea man like why didn't you ever say anything you know and so it's just it's it's crazy to know how many people out there actually are struggling but just scared to reach out for help you know and so yeah i talk about on my podcast i do um you know instagram stuff i do panels every once in a while and i think just the just being open about it i think just that alone helps a lot of people and especially men being able to like feel comfortable enough to open up about mental health and their struggles and like you said, right. So like people probably don't expect it, you know, from someone quote unquote, like you, you know, like, 
mm-hmm. good looking, you're on The Bachelor, like, you know, you have a podcast that's pop, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, just these are stereotypes, but yeah, I'm sure, you know, people hear you speak about this and they're like, you're the last person they would think. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, so like when you watch something like some of the bullying that took place like the, earlier in the Peter's season. season was was really bad. Right. That season was yeah, bad too. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It was really, I remember watching the women tell all and being like, oh my God, like they're just tearing and yelling at each other, you know, in Peter's season. So it's hard to watch because I, I'll never forget I was in therapy and like in a session and we started talking about Peter season was still airing. And I remember all that, you know, some of the stuff came out of it about Victoria Fuller and like kind of, and I literally started like crying and cause I knew what she was about to go through. And I literally started tearing up because I was like, I know what she's going to go through for the next three months. And I feel so bad for her, you know? And so this show does, it, it can really, it, I always say when people ask like, so like, what's everybody like on the show? First thing I say is like, well, we're all fucked up. Like we're all fucked up. We're all in therapy. We're all have very much, you know, issues like we do mental issues. Um, and, you know, but at the same time, like we've learned to cope with a lot of different things. We have better coping issues too. Uh, but I, I, it's become kind of a cool role that I've been able to like step into is, is I've seen the top of the mountain. You know, I was, I was the guy coming off Becca's season and then I've seen the bottom of the valley and I've seen the worst of the worst in, in human beings and in what Bachelor Nation can offer of the death threats and all of that kind of stuff and things being left at my door and like just crazy stuff. So a lot of people reach out to me. A lot of people will reach out, you know, when they're, they need help. They have questions. So that's something I've, I've embraced. And it's been kind of cool to be able to help some of these people because the show, granted, the show's getting better. I think the show's getting better in actually acknowledging the mental health. And I know they've taken steps, whether it be, you know, having therapists on stage, having therapists post show, which has been huge. Um, but I just felt like sometimes the show will just throw you, you know, sink or swim. It's like either figure it out on your own, you know? And so I've been able to help. And I know there's other alumni like Ben Higgins helped me out a lot. Um, but there's another alumni people have leaned on, but I have been able to embrace. I've talked to a lot of people from Tasha and Claire's season. Um, a lot of, a few girls, um, from, uh, Peter's season and stuff. So I've been able to, to help others, which is a blessing in disguise. Was your, so like, when were you in bed for like two months? Was it the heartbreak of not being chosen or was it, all the things people were saying or was this was it just par- yeah or was it paradise so, and was it because of social media like it was or was it because of your edit it wasn't just your edit it was literally like you're reading the comments and you're going down that rabbit hole uh it was a little bit of, it was honestly just a little bit of everything on so when i i got back from filming the end of june and i didn't air till mid-august so for six weeks not only was I, yeah, I was like upset with how everything went, but then you, I, I'm a huge what if person. So I kept thinking like, how bad is this going to be for me? And that alone really got me going because you know, like I knew, like I was, I knew I was in trouble with like, I was scared of how they're going to edit it, but it was still worse than I could have possibly imagined. But so even those six weeks was really hard. But then when the show was airing, it was just felt like every Monday and Tuesday night for four weeks five weeks i was just getting my dick kicked in like i felt like i was just getting punched in the gut over and over and over you know i was like no i remember calling the producer at one point and i was like mercy i was like edit me out of the rest of the show like i'm gonna freaking kill myself like edit me out like mercy and um they they helped me a little bit towards the end but i was just like i can't handle this anymore like every single week getting bullied i'm getting kicked and there's nothing you know and so um that was when i was really in my really bad and i slowly came out of it. It took a long time. And I tell people like, it doesn't happen overnight. Like you're not all of a sudden going to be better. You know, I still have bad days. And, and so you just got like slowly, you know, I, I, I remember one thing in particular. Uh, it was, it was probably towards the end of the season and I was the lowest I'd ever been. But for some reason, 
I like got out of bed and walked to the local Walgreens to grab a Gatorade and just the sunlight literally like saved my life. Like it like saved my life. And then the next day I got up and walked a little further. And the next day I got up and walked a little further. And eventually I was like walking around the block and then, you know, running a mile. And I just ventured, you know, once your physical, you know, health goes, it deteriorates, your mental health does. So I got my physical health back, slowly got my mental health back. And then it was just kind of like a, it's a snowball effect the other way. It's like, once you slowly start to feel better, it just builds and you, you know, you kind of more or less back to your old self. And right. And like, to your point, producers calling you, like, they don't call you in that six weeks. They call you like, what, like the night before? Like, I imagine they don't call you at the beginning of six weeks and say, heads up. We're just letting that you know. Was, I imagine it's last minute, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like I said, well, I got a call. So any, they don't call everybody. I think if you have a very big role in the season, which my batch paradise, I was like, that was my whole, like I was the whole freaking season, especially the beginning. Um, I did get a call two days before. And then I would get a call if like something really bad was going to happen. You know, I'd get a call. Um, but that was, that was pretty much it. Yeah. I, you don't really hear from them very, very much. No, I would imagine you wouldn't. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I was bullied as a kid. I mean, it was a long time ago, but so I just, I have, a, I don't, I don't understand online bullying. I, I don't get it. Like, I mean, I, I, I do get it. It's people that are unhappy with their own lives. Like there's not exactly. never in a trillion years would I say, let me take a minute out of my day and I'm going to leave a negative comment. You know, like if you come at me or whatever, but I, I just don't understand like watching something on a TV show and now having such like hatred. It's just, it's, it's your own thing. It's just, it's shocking that it's gotten so out of control. It's, it's just, that it's gotten insane. so out of, it's like, I'm the yeah. same way as you. Like I, I didn't know people like that existed. You know, like I always say, like I came from a bit of a, a sheltered child. Like I grew up in the mountains, small town. Everybody was super nice, you know, and like we all like got along. Like I never got bullied. Like we all got along. I'm sure there were people in my high school that did, but you know, and so I came up from those sheltered. I remember being like, I didn't know people like this existed. Like even like still like for no reason, like today or yesterday, I posted like a little picture. I got a haircut and I posted a picture and this girl was like, ew, that's gross. What a terrible haircut. I'm like, really? Like what? Right. Like like, what? Like what? I know it's, I mean, listen, I think it's either like you're, you're, you're unhappy in your own life. So I I get it. Mm -hmm. Misery loves company. And it's like the whole hurt people, hurt people, which is such a stereotype, but it's true. And I Mm -hmm. just think it's like, people want to be heard. Cause I, I usually respond with like positive, like I usually yeah. respond with something. I'm like, thank I'm like, thank you for listening to my podcast. Cause people will come at me. Like <laughs> I hated that guest. And I'm like, you just, you just told me about 17 different shows and all the things I did wrong. And it was literally 17 different episodes. And like, thank you for listening to 17 episodes. And then you would think they would come back at me. They don't, they're like, Oh yeah, yeah no, no, I didn't mean that. And I'm like, I'm like, Oh, I don't know. Like it's, I was just going to say 90, 90- nine percent of the time if you if they say something mean and you reply and if it's not unless you're like you know fuck you but if right. it's just like okay well um i hope Thank you have you. a better day or something like that then also they're like oh my god you're right i've had such a bad day i'm so sorry i didn't mean to you know like 99 percent of the time seriously but i mean like to your point like right until you get there you go down that rabbit hole yeah oh yeah man i was when i was in paradise i was almost it's so messed up but like i was almost searching for negative you know I, you just do that sometimes you like kind of like go down that rabbit hole and you're like you start to believe one then you believe another believe another and it, it was bad yeah well i mean to your point like when you said sunlight saved your life like is that true like did it get to the point where like you were really were gonna like do something oh yeah yeah and I, I unfortunately like i know i'm not the first i know i'm not the first i've talked to others and 
I don't think it's a, unless things change, unless things change and somehow, I don't know what, it's hard to say what they can do because you can't, ABC can't control the social media. ABC can't control Instagram comments. But like until they, I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, hopefully they're smarter than me, but you see, it's not a matter of if somebody's going to kill themselves, it's when. Like it is, it's when. It's going to happen um, unless there's some very big changes, you know, in the works, but eventually somebody's going to do it, you know, and it's going to be horrible, you know, and it's going to, I don't know what's going to happen with the show and everything, but yeah, it's not a matter of if it's when. Wow. And like, I mean, how long did that last for you? Like when you were truly like, this could be the end. Like I'm thinking of things. Yeah. It was why the show was actually airing. That's, that's when it was really bad. I mean, towards the end, probably, I I shouldn't say that probably the first five episodes was really, 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 really bad for me. Four or five episodes. Um, and I just didn't, yeah, I wasn't sure if I want to live anymore. Um, but like after that, you know, they started, I guess, honestly, people, not only do people hate, but they'll like move on and hate somebody else pretty fast. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. So that started to happen a little bit and I could see a light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, but there for a while, it was so about three weeks. It was, it was bad. I was going to say like the first five episodes, that's like four or five weeks. That's a mm-hmm. long time. Yeah. Well, there are two episodes a week. So it was about three. Yeah. Three, three weeks. weeks. Yeah. But yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah I, mean, I, 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 didn't my, re- I didn't realize yeah, it was that my, bad. Yeah, I had my family like come and stay with me and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it was it was bad. Did and like your, I said, I'm not the first. Like I'm not the first. I know others who have had the same experience. Did your family know how bad it was for you? I mean, like other than the fact that you were in bed, like that this was wow. Oh yeah, I was actually I was with my mom for the first two episodes uh up in the mountains. Um and when I released those texts, everybody thinks like I released those text messages and I was like happy. You know, and I was like, no, that was the hardest decision I've ever made. And I was actually, I'll never forget. I was outside. I was like talking to producers and I was talking to Dean and Caitlin and I was talking to all these people and I just couldn't, you know, every, some people were telling me to do it. Others weren't. And it was just like, I just had to make a decision. I did it. And I had a complete panic attack. I was breathing into a plastic bag or a paper bag laying on my mom's deck telling her to call an ambulance. You know, like it was, it was really rough. Like my mom seen me at my lowest low. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then after you released them, what were you just, I mean, once that was over, you're like, I'm relieved. Like, did the hate get worse or better? Or were you like, I'm also afraid of getting sued now, like in all these other problems that are going to, or it just was like, I had to do this and I'm moving on and this is closure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no, I was never worried about getting sued or anything like that. Um, honestly, I don't really know what it was. Cause as soon as I did that, I didn't get back onto the social media for, for a little bit. Um, but I no, I'm never going to regret or apologize for doing that. You know, I, I had to defend myself. Like I had to, like, there was nothing I could do. It was either that or I would have jumped, you know, I would have hurt myself. And so it was, it was like, I had to do it. Like I had to do it. And I didn't want, it wasn't in like a, I don't know, like an attack. Like I didn't want people to then go after Caitlin, but it was just like, I am silenced here. I am silenced. And the things that are being said and, and edited are not true. And I'm like, I just, I can't do this. And so it was the hardest decision of my life, but it would, it would be one that I would do again. Yeah. And you really think it's just a matter of time before someone does take their own life? I mean, like I said, unless there's like, you know, some changes, which I think, like I said, they are, they're making steps. I think, you know, my situation, even, you know, the season before me, I think was an eye opener for them. I do think that. I do think they've, they've made good steps in the right direction and they're going to continue that. Um, they have a lot of steps in a lot of different areas, you know, to make, but they are like, I think a lot of people think that like, they're just evil, evil people. I don't think that. Um, and I think, you know, eventually, hopefully, you know, there's going to be a lot more talk and help with the mental health post show. Um, but they're moving in the right direction. So we'll, I mean, hopefully praise God that that doesn't happen, but. 
Right. Hopefully that's going to happen. Yeah. What about, do you think this season when, you know, listen, it's such a historic season, our first Black Bachelor. Now, despite the drama and the bullying with the women, all this other stuff that's now going on with Rachel Kirkconnell, like, do you think, like, this season's just going to be remembered as this season? You know, is that going to be overshadowed now that we have this? Yeah. 100%. I think this, I think this season is, oh, it's a, it's a, Yeah. And it sucks because I do, I do think there are some gem, like when some of these women are gems and I do think there's some good women. I like Matt. I think Matt's a good man, but it's just going to be known as the Chris Harrison season and the Rachel Kirkconnell season. Like that's what it's going to be, unfortunately. Um, and it's not fair to a lot of the people involved. Um, even, you know, it's not like ABC has made some mistakes, but like, it's not like they, I don't obviously they didn't know about some of this stuff. So they're like, ah, it's just a, it's just a horrible situation. Unfortunately, it's going to overshadow maybe not only, this season, but a couple seasons, you know, and that sucks. That sucks. And then, I mean, that was one of my questions. So, right. So this comes out about Rachel Kirkconnell, you know, that she attended this like old South antebellum party. And I think she also like, likes certain like questionable yes, pictures else. online, which could be considered racist. So to your point, is there any world that ABC could have known this? Cause I mean, they do a bat, right. They did a pretty thorough yeah. background check on you. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. They do. They do a very thorough background check. Um, they, yeah. I mean, they they do they do look at your Instagram, your Facebook, all of that stuff. Um, I don't know how it was necessarily missed, or I mean, I I'm trying not to be too cynical. Like, I like to think like if they would have saw it, they wouldn't have allowed her on the the season. But I don't know, like did they know and keep her on there anyway? I don't know. I don't know. You know, I don't want to be that cynical. I don't want to think that like that they're that. I don't know, like the word I'm looking for, manipulate the situation or that, you know. Um, So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how they missed it because if people on the internet can find it within, you know, two two episodes, like it's pretty crazy. Well, that's what I was saying. I mean, like someone found this on TikTok, like some girl from TikTok found this. So it wasn't like, you know, right. If you could find it that quickly. You know, and again. Scroll back a few years, you know, (laughs) It's right, because they go through each person and like, you know, like in in the Bravo world, I'm sure you don't watch all these Bravo TV shows like Vanderpump Rules, like Stassi and Kristen, like just like there is precedent earlier in 2020 where, you know, like just a lot of people are losing their jobs or so. I mean, to me, like once that happened, like with Vanderpump Rules, I would have thought networks would just like this would be airtight, like every network, like MTV, like it would be like. I mean, but I guess everyone has something maybe, but I don't know. A lot of people don't. I just, to well, me, it, w- it would have been such a, like your ABC, like this is the bachelor. This is a 5 million people exactly. watch this show. It's a huge show. So like each person you would think if it takes 17 days to go through that one person's thing, so be it. That's how, right. Yeah. And I think what they need to do is I think they got to like a lot of like older generation people looking through Instagram. They need to hire a 20 year old who is up to date, up to current, knows what's okay, what's not. And like, then have them search. Like, I think a lot of the people who look through these things don't even know what they're looking at or looking for. Like they need to hire some interns just to do it. Like that's their job, you know? I would agree. Right. And like, there's, that's not just Instagram. We have TikTok and reels and okay. Clubhouse. <laughs> so like I, I realize there's no recording in clubhouse, but I don't know. Like, you know, right. Like they need a bunch of, interns that are like up on every social media platform out there that there is Mm -hmm. so right so i mean just that's just a question because i mean i don't know how you miss it but 
So what about then when like Matt James puts out like his original statement, you know, which his original statement, it was just, it didn't really say much. I mean, this was on February 2nd. It just said like, you know, give some of these women the benefit of the doubt. You know, to me, it's like, and that's when everyone was like, well, she obviously is the final person. I mean, Mm -hmm. right. I mean, is there Mm -hmm. any chance, I mean, now we're down to the final three and when this airs, we'll be past that everybody. So it'll be in a few weeks, but like, you know what I mean? Like at that point, like you spoiled the show. I mean, we have bigger issues, but the show at that point was over for me. I'm like, Rachel is the last or the second to last, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's why maybe they held on to not only him making a statement, but her making a statement because they didn't want to quote unquote spoil the show, you know, which I think, but I think a lot of people are at least know she was going to make it far anyway. Um, But yeah, I remember that first, the first uh, statement he made didn't really say much. Um, It it was very generic. Yeah, it was very generic. And I think you're right. I think at that point people are like, well, okay, he's either with Rachel or she makes it the very end. So, yeah. Because to me, like other shows have done it, like if she didn't, I think either they would have edited her out or if you couldn't, they would have put, like I've seen like on Drag Race, they had this, like they put a warning on like, you know, Rachel, yeah, this is what happened on Drag Race. Like they said, like so-and-so, you know, was in the show and we found this out afterwards. They didn't even get into specifics, but they're just like, we don't support the actions of this person. So like you knew the person didn't win, but they the show was not edited. So at least when you saw the person win each week you knew you know you're there for 10 more weeks seven more weeks but you're not there and the network doesn't stand by you so i just that's think that's interesting. i wish they would have done that yeah i mean i'm surprised they didn't do something or well i remember on my season uh i don't know if you remember lincoln do you remember lincoln on my season he ended up having like a sexual harassment going through court at the time when it was filming and then airing he was found guilty i think when it was airing or something to that effect and but he he was not an important character and i think they did end up editing him out because they were like okay this person's not an important character they edited him out so i think right. it's just the fact that rachel's obviously an important character you know it's the fact where they couldn't necessarily do that are you shocked i mean again when this airs we'll be past the final three but are you shocked that we're now down to like are you shocked that it's these three women like michelle brie and because like to your point when you were there you could tell it was going to be you mm-hmm. Um, I knew surprises? pretty early on. So, yeah, I remember picking my final four, um, like week episode two, and I had I had Abigail in there, um, Bree. I think I had. Oh, I didn't have Michelle. Um, I think who did I have in Michelle instead of Michelle? I can't remember now. But um, I didn't have Michelle in there, but I did have Bree and and Rachel, and I remember picking Rachel in the top two. So yeah, I just think you can tell sometimes too with the lead, like sometimes you can see the connection and they're a little bit more bubbly. And I see that now with Michelle, the first date with Michelle, cause she came on later. I was like, Oh shit. Like they got a great connection. Like she's might make hometowns, you know? So yeah, I, I think I, I kind of predicted for the most part, these three. I never thought, I, I never thought Abigail would make it that far. I thought, really? yeah, I didn't. I just, I don't know why I just thought, but I thought, I actually thought Kit would somehow go farther which she might have if she didn't take herself out of it. Yeah, I maybe, just thought yeah. she. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't think she would win. I really thought it was going to be Rachel and. Probably yeah, Michelle. I didn't get have Serena in there in the in the final four either. She kind of stuck up on me, but yeah, everybody else I kind of knew. So right. So what about? So that's that. Matt's statement. We don't know if Matt's statement was. I mean, do you think Matt's statement was Matt's statement, or do you think Matt's statement was ABC? Uh, usually it's probably both. I think Matt probably wrote a little statement, sent it to them. And then they, you know, put some words in there, you know, deleted some words or whatever. So I think it's a little of both, but uh, obviously ABC at that point, especially the lead, 
they have the final say, you know, <laughs> not much you can do. Totally. So there's that. And now that's all bad, but we're going to go on our way and watch the rest of the show. And then Chris Harrison comes out and sits down with Rachel Lindsay. And I mean, did you watch that? I mean, when it happened, I mean, I was watching it. Oh, I, I watched, so I didn't watch it live. I, I didn't watch it live, but I obviously, you know, saw the hoopla and saw what was happening. And I watched it maybe like a day or two later. And yeah, I was, I mean, it's pretty shocked. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I was shocked. I was really shocked. Um, it was hard to watch. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's such a crazy butterfly effect, if you will, you know, like had they let Rachel make, and this is just like an alternative, you know, let Rachel make, I mean, it's good thing that we saw this Chris Harrison interview and we kind of know now, but like, yeah, they let Rachel speak. Maybe Chris never would have done this interview. Maybe, you know, Matt, I mean, at this, so this is going to air later. Maybe Matt and Rachel, still together they have babies you know it's just like this crazy butterfly effect of had chris not done that interview you never know you know it's pretty it's wild yeah what were you i mean what was your reaction when you watched this interview with him and rachel Lindsay? i mean i was i was shocked i remember watching it and just like my other jaw drop others like multiple times like it wasn't like just one thing it was like multiple things to the interview i was just like wow 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 like wow i can't believe you said that like what you know and so i in my opinion, I think a lot of people think like maybe people have gone too far with this whole thing, you know, and like, but I don't, I think the reaction was, you know, was what it should have been. And I think the decision for him to step down was, was, was the right one. Um, you know, step aside, who knows if he'll be back. I shouldn't say step down, step aside. Um, we'll see, you know, who knows. Um, but I think at this point right now, he had no choice and ABC had no choice, but to um, have him step aside. Was there anything that he, cause right. Like you said, there's a lot of people in bachelor nation that feel just, there's a lot of people in general that think cancel culture has gone too far. I'm just, putting this out there. I'm not making a statement one mm-hmm. way or another. So before everyone comes for me, I'm just giving you the facts. And then there are people, a lot of people in Bachelor Nation, like for instance, like Trista saw, like Trista said, she didn't, she said, I do not support racism and I'm paraphrasing, but she said, you know, like Chris is like family and you know, you don't agree with your family at all times, but I also don't agree with people canceling someone who don't know all the facts. So there are people in Bachelor Nation that said, that came to Chris's defense, like, do you think like there's anything that he said that you didn't think was that bad? Or were you just like, Oh, this isn't that bad. It doesn't sound like you're one of those people. No. I mean, so I'll admit like, I, I'm like, I know Chris Harrison and like I, I'm friends, I guess, you know, acquaintances, I share acquaintances with him, but I'm in no means as close as Trista or as close as, you know, Sean Lowe, Lowe, yeah, Sean Lowe or Caitlin Bristol. Like I'm not to that level. So I don't know him as close, you know, basically all I know is, what I had during the bachelorette with him and, and kind of paradise. Um, so I don't know him, you know, to the sense, but if without knowing him very well and watching that episode, no, I can't sit here and be like, there was an overreaction. Like I can't sit here and do that. You know, maybe if I knew him more, I could say that, but I can't. So you feel like it makes sense for him to step aside? I, yeah. I mean at this, yeah, absolutely. At this point, like I think now I don't, I mean, we kind of got an apology from him, but we haven't really gotten an interview or like, like, you know, anything like that, even an explanation really. So, I mean, if he comes out with that and like him, you know, him and Rachel sit down again and something, but maybe he comes back to the show, but at this rate, I just don't see him, you know, really coming back. Do you feel like, did you feel, cause like you said, like you don't know him that well, but you know him, you know him more than I know him. I mean, do, did you find that like out of character? Like, were you shocked like or were you like no i could see this because some people have said that this makes sense like i had someone on the show it's coming out really? It'll be, 
yes, and I'm paraphrasing like Mike right. Garofolo is like, you know, and I'm paraphrasing, it's on this podcast, but something like, you know, he's from Texas and he's a white man and he has privilege. And so some people were like, this doesn't shock me. But then a lot of other people are like, this is not the Chris we know. Like, where are you along those? Like, you I don't mean, agree yeah, with it, 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 but were you shocked? Right. Or were you like, this makes sense? No, I, I, w- I was shocked. Like, yeah, I will say that. Like, the Chris, that's not the Chris I know. Like, yeah, I, I may not know him a lot, but that's not the Chris I know. And um, so, yeah, I was shocked. And even more so, the fact that this man has 20 years, you know, in his belt of doing interviews and of, of being, he's never really made a misstep, if you will, or said the wrong thing in, in any sense of the word. And then he does that interview <laughs> with like 30 missteps. So, like, yeah, it was, it was shocking, to say the least. And then, and I don't agree with this. Here I am telling you how cynical I am. I don't agree, <laughs> but I know people, there is chatter online that think, and I, again, do not agree with this. Some people think, like, to your point, well, first of all, look at the culture that we're in. So, I, I mean, you can't even say hello the wrong way, first of all. <laughs> yeah, so scary. he does have a lot of years of interviews. So it's almost like there are people that think this was intentional. I'm not one of those people. I think that is, but have you seen all that? That people think this was like, I'm a producer and I'm, I don't know what his contract says. I imagine it says if you get asked to leave, you get the same amount of money, something like that. Hmm, that uh, that's, I know, that's so the I, I've heard, yeah, I've heard rumblings when it first happened. I remember hearing rumblings of like, they, they ABC sent him out there to take the bullet for Rachel, you know, and I'd heard that, but I'd not heard like he was trying to get fired more or less. Um, so I don't, I don't know, but I mean, yeah, it is. I could, I could see why people would put the tinfoil hat on because he has been doing interviews for 20 years and this is so strange and yeah, out there, but I, I kind of get the, the people saying like he took a bullet for Rachel, but then it didn't really help, <laughs> you know? So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even, I didn't even really think of that, but a lot of people are saying that, right? Mm-hmm. That ABC is like, and I even saw something that said, like, not only did ABC say that, but you know, that came with certain benefits. Like, here's an, this amount of extra money. Rachel and Matt end up together. I'm just, this is what's this right. Is, this is just internet chatter. Yeah, but like, you know, no, yeah. you know, here's no, your extra money and just take this bull. Right? I mean, that, that, you know, because yeah. yeah. it just was so many things like yeah. using was, words like woke like woke strange. police and saying to rachel like who are you mm-hmm. it was a very, very strange interview and i don't want to th- i'd like i like to think like i still like to think the good in people like i don't think abc goes to that extent you know if you will you know i think a lot of people think they're like some kind of master puppeteer um which in in some sense they are but i don't think they're gosh that much of one but who knows god who knows you know and then you know, so Rachel's made an apology now. Yeah, I did see that, yeah. Which, you know, like her, and Rachel Lindsay even spoke out, I think even today, saying that, you know, like, who am I to judge an apology? Rachel's was good, but like, okay, now we need to see actions. And I guess mm-hmm. Rachel Rachel was sipping a drink or something like that. And I don't know. Mm-hmm. What was I going to say? I mean, but to your point, so like, you know, look what you went through you know, with, so I'm not condoning Rachel's behavior. I'm just saying like, now what is she going through? You know, I'm not, I'm not Chris Harrison. So I'm not, but I'm just saying like, not even her, just anyone like Victoria with like, you know, like how does that get reconciled with like Rachel did horrible things. But I mean, 
I can't imagine what she's going through from that point of view. I'm not condoning any of them. I'm just, right. Absolutely. If you and were in not, bed yeah. for three weeks and you had these thoughts, like I, she, I don't yeah, know. I can't like, imagine I don't like, know. a lot of these girls are. Yeah. And, and in that sense, Rachel Lindsay, like I've seen, some, she had actually deleted her Instagram today because she's getting so many death threats and things, you know? Really? So like Rachel Lindsay gets it really bad too. Like it's just, it's a whole, it's horrible out there. You know, there's some bad, bad people. So I, I feel for Rachel Lindsay. I feel for all the girls from the season. Like I, I like I've said, I've, like you said, I've been there and I know what it's like to a degree. I can't put myself in like Rachel's shoes, obviously, you know, Rachel Lindsay's or anything, but like, I know what it's like to get death threats. I know what it's like to get things left at my door. Um, it's, it's, it's bad. You know, my family was getting death threats, you know? And so I know what it's like in a sense. And so I just hope that they have, good people around them you know i hope that they they have a good support system and those people are just there to just listen you know and just kind of like be there not necessarily try and steer in a certain direction but just like be there but i feel that way for rachel Lindsay and all everybody involved in this is just, it's a horrible situation what so i mean like look at you like did you i mean now it all worked out but like i'm sure now in retrospect you're happy you went on you became part of Bachelor Nation because it all worked out and you have this great podcast that we're about to talk about, mm-hmm. right? But yeah. now you're happy. Yeah. A lot now. of people, yeah, a lot of people ask me that. You know, they're like, would you do it again? You know, and I'm like, listen, there's a ton of cons, but there's still more pros. There still is, there's still more pros. Like I've, I've had, you know, I've made incredible friendships. Um, uh, I've had incredible experiences. I've done things that I could have only dreamed of. You know, I've been able to make a living doing something I enjoy and something I love rather than, you know, like, I, not that I hated my job again, but like, I, I wasn't in love with it, you know? And so it's just, it, it's been a blessing in disguise. And even paradise, like I have, I've made friends on paradise and people, I just saw Mike and Connor, you know, two weeks ago, we hung out, all hung out together. I never would have met them otherwise. And um, it's, um, you know, even the people, Dean and Caitlin, like I, they know me, like me and Caitlin haven't talked in two years, but like, I know me so I think Caitlin's like some monster or bad person. I don't, you know? And like her and Dean are incredibly happy together. And um, Dylan and Hannah are perfect and incredibly happy for each other, you know, and with together. And so it's like what I went through. Yeah. Like it sucked and it was really, really hard at times, but at the end, you know, at the end of the day, like everybody kind of came out of that stronger and a lot of people were super, super happy in relationships and probably, you know, met their love of their lives. So it's, it's kind of cool to see. Yes. And, but I do just wonder, like you look at someone like Rachel, who, again, I'm not condoning any of this, like, if it doesn't work out with Matt, which I'm going to get into in a minute, the thing is like, again, I'm not condoning this, but like this wouldn't be out there in the public. Bottom line. I mean, maybe it would, but if you did not go on a reality show, same thing, like we have Teresa Giudice, a housewife. Again, I don't know if you're into the housewives. She went to jail. Like Erica's like, it just, I, I don't know what my point is, but like, you know, it's almost like if you didn't go on the reality show, I mean, I'm not doing an expose here, but it's just a topic I like talking about. You like Rachel wouldn't be going through this right now. So she would be maybe dating someone happily who, you know, worked down the street as an accountant and she'd be happy and she wouldn't know any different. So it's Mm -hmm. just like, what if Rachel doesn't, you know, get into bachelor nation and have a pocket, like maybe for the people it doesn't work out for. Like I imagine there's people that are just like, if I just didn't yeah. go on that show, my yeah, life I'm would sure. be better. I go back and forth because I'm sure I, it'll be interesting. Rachel is a unique situation. I still think she's going to look back and be glad she went on the show. I do still believe that's going to take you time. Do. It's going to take some time, but I think she'll look back on it and still be glad she went on the show. But agreed with you. Like, and that's what's scary right now for people, these younger people coming up, going on the show. These people's lives are on the internet. 
they can't hide anything. Any mistake they made, it's on the, I didn't have Instagram until after college. I had Facebook junior year of college. So like my mistakes and stupid things I said, stupid things I've done isn't on the internet. You know, I'm sure I did stupid things, not on the internet. So these people coming up their whole life since there was like, you know, 10 are on the internet. I mean, you can't hide. Like it's out there. People are going to find it. So it's, it's getting harder and harder and scarier and scarier to go and put yourself out in, in public eye like this. I think so too. What about, you know, cause you even said this, like, you know, it's not the Chris that you would think. And, you know, until you hear him say something, you know, what about, do you think that he should say something? So he's not, he's going to be a women tell all cause that's already filmed. Mm-hmm. And then he's not going to be the host of after the final rose. But so like, do you think he should be like, do you think he should come on the TV screen at women tell all or, or the final rose? He's not going to host it. Like, do you think it should be part of this and say hello America and Matt and whoever else is there and are now just, keep that's it. a good question. I guess you're saying like that's, that's recorded like recently after the, you know, the situation, I don't know, kind of like a PSA type thing. You know, I don't think at this point, I don't think it would help anybody. Like, I don't think so. I think people are still like, just not there, you know? Um, So they're just not ready to see his face again on TV. I don't think so. No, I don't think that would help the situation. I don't think he should or needs to do that. Do you think that he has a chance of, or do you think he should come back? And do you think he has a chance of coming back? Um, gosh, if you would ask me that question, you know, right as it happened, right when it happened, I would have been like, he'll come back eventually. Um, but I do not think he's coming back. I do not think he's coming back now. And I don't know what they're going to do moving forward. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know who's going to be the host. I don't know. Maybe we'll have like a little, you know, like Amazon echo as the host, like uh, too hot to handle or whatever that is, you know, like that's not, that's a possibility. So I don't, who knows what's going to happen for, but if you ask me now, yeah, no, I don't think he'll be back. Too Hot to Handle is a great show. It is. <laughs> it's on so many levels. It's like the most brilliant <laughs> idea possible. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, listen, I think the minute there's a different host, even for one season, that Chris is not coming back. Yeah, I mean, no, I agree. Yeah. Do you think that whoever is chosen that like it definitely should be someone, you know, of diversity and inclusion. Like, do you think, how important do you think that is for this replacement for Chris? Yeah. I mean, I think, it, I think it's super important and not only that, but I, I go back and forth. Cause it sounds like from what I've read, like they're trying to, you know, get somebody from outside vaccination. And that's, that's, that's interesting to me. Um, because I just feel like there's so many things that people don't know that happens behind, behind the scenes and like what, you know, what, it, what it consists of in that environment, um so it's it's hard to say i i think you know maybe i thought rachel Lindsay was gonna take the job i think she'd be great at it I, it sounds like she said hell no but um i think she'd be great at it. there there are some people within bachelor nation i think would do really well uh but at this rate yeah yeah i, I definitely think it needs to be you know yeah well, like you said like people call you know someone you know who are diversity they need diversity in there is what they need and i think that's definitely gonna happen and you think it should just for all those reasons be someone in bachelor nation i do i do i just think i don't know it's a it's already it's a family you know we're all, all very close and i think to bring someone not that that's a bad thing if you bring in the same michael strahan or whoever it is you know that i've read that would be kind of cool but at the same time i don't know it's like bachelor nation is so like tight-knit you know it'd be kind of cool to see somebody from bachelor nation take that spot but i don't necessarily know if we're gonna get that 
Do you think if it has to be outside Bachelor Nation, do you think Michael Strahan would be good? Or do you have an, a better idea? It's a two-part no, I question. I think he'd be great. I'd just be, I'd just be scared. Like all the girls would want to date Michael Strahan, not the freaking bachelor, you know? So like, I don't know if you can have a very successful, good looking, you know, person do the host, you know, man anyway. Um, and, and women, you know, I'm sure like there's people, I bet this season when Jojo walked in or whoever it is, you know, all the guys are like, are you single? Like, who, who are you? You know, like one of those. So like, I don't know. It, it's, it's hard, you know, it's, it's really hard. And right. I'm like making a decision. You have like a stray hand who's already in the ABC and right, he comes with some bank. So, I mean, despite being good looking, you also bring some money to the table. Just exactly, again, right. like, right. <laughs> like, I'll, are, I'll, you know, I'll, you know, throw, I'll throw my name in there for stray hand, you know, one of those. It's like, damn. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if it was someone in Bachelor Nation and Rachel, right, has pretty much said that she doesn't want the job, like, any, any, any thoughts of who, like, who, who would you like hmm. to see? Because everyone has had their own opinion. I guess, you know, I think, I think, um, gosh, you know, I haven't really sat down and thought about because I feel like Rachel might be the only one that I feel like could do it. Like, I think she's got the, the, the guts and the goal and like the, just the experience, you know, uh, to do it. Um, yeah, honestly, I think Becca Cooper would be really good at it. Um, I think Mike Johnson, I think Mike Johnson could do it. I do. Um, I'm trying to think back, but that's honestly, that's, those are the only people I can really think of, like, as far as, like, people I know, because I know what it takes in that environment and to be, like, I, to, to give, you know, Chris for 20 years, that dude is good at his job. Like, that, that man was good at his job. He really was. I, I was on, I've been on two seasons now to the very end, most of them. Never saw that man tap to take two takes. Like, never saw him stumble, never saw him, you know. Um, so, it, it's not an easy job. Like, I, I know what it kind of is, like you say a couple words, but it's a lot of pressure. Well, it's just like Jeff Probst. Like, you, I can't think of Survivor without Jeff Probst. I mean, you, you, will, you will get over it after one season, but... Mm-hmm. It yeah. would be interesting to see the reaction. It will be interesting to see the reaction if there's a new host, if people, quote, you know, like, boycott. Um, but eventually, yeah, it's just like they're going to tune in. They don't tune in to see Chris, you know? They tune in to see the contestants and watch the show. So eventually, yeah, it'll... New host or not, the show's going to move on. What about Matt James? as host oh that's actually i thought about him that's a great point i think matt james actually would be really good because except he's going to be single it's going to be you know he might be single it might be hard to have a single you know the single host good looking host he was just the bachelor but um i think he'd be great at it i think he is well spoken um i th- actually do and i think he's he is like media trained almost i feel that way anyway i've met him once but i feel like he's pretty media trained smart guy and so I, he would be good at it too actually Again, I've had Mike Johnson on this podcast. I love Mike Johnson. He has his own podcast. You know, he. I think Matt's maybe more media trained. Not, not in a bad more way. Polished. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. like Matt just, right. Matt's the first one. I, I mean, Mike's the first one to tell you. He says what's on his mind. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Granted, if you're the host. Can't have of, that. <laughs> if you're the host of A Bachelor and like you have a great contract, you might learn to not say what's on. You know, you might learn to just. Very good point. Do your job. What about, mm-hmm. let's just say that Rachel wins. Because I. I mean, not wins, it's the wrong word. I mean, I think that she's the one that's right, chosen. Yeah, like in Matt, because Matt's recent statement, he made a recent statement, like denouncing Chris and just, mm-hmm. it's still to me, like, I don't know if you read it, it's pretty light as regarding Rachel. It mentions her. He says he's disappointed in the photos and what he's learned about her, period. There's, that's it. Yep. That doesn't, yeah. I mean, so I, I don't know. Do you think, I don't know if you read it, like, do you think that, strong and that strengthens the case that she is the one he chooses 
Yeah, so I remember uh, reading that statement. He, he mentioned it right at the beginning. And I remember, and then he mentioned Chris, of course. I remember being like okay, interest, super interested in reading the rest of it to see if he ever mentioned Rachel again, and he didn't. He didn't. It was just Chris, you know. Um, yeah, I think that's a good, yeah, I think that's uh, definitely a point that he ends up with her, um, or at least, I mean, yeah, no, I think at that point, like, it's got to be, right? Like, if you don't completely denounce Rachel's, you know, statements, even though she's still on the show, like, I would think you're with her. I had the same reaction. I was like, oh my God, she's being mentioned. Let me read the next 17 sentences. Yeah. And I'm like, there's yeah. not, and it wasn't even like, it, you know, he said he's disappointed. Well, I mean, you're disappointed with people you're in love with all the time. What, so let's just say he chooses her, which again, by this point, when everyone hears this, he might've like, that's like, how is that going to work? I mean, I understand love conquers all, but they have a lot against them. Like mm-hmm. Matt, I mean, Rachel's been going through it now, but Matt, I imagine is now going to go through it. People are going to say how yeah. I mean, you're a black man and the first black bachelor. And this is representation of a big thing. And like, how are you with this woman? Yeah, I, uh, I feel, I feel, I feel for Matt. I feel for Matt a lot because at this point, I don't think he can do anything right. Like, I don't think there's a decision that everybody's like, yeah, you should do that. Or you should do that. Like, there's nothing you do. He stays with her. Like you just said, like, you know, how, like how at this point, but if he leaves her, other people are going to be like, oh, you gave up because of, you know, blah, blah, blah. like I feel bad for the man. Like, and if he, it seems like, you know, if he ends up with her, I'm sure he's, he was truly in love with her and like, soup did see a future with her and then like within whatever two months three months to have the whole world flip and like all of a sudden all of this come i mean i feel for him i can't imagine what he's going through yeah it's gotta be i would not want to be in issues you see like between this and what you've gone through and everyone it really makes you wonder why any of us are on social media at all other than the fact that it's like it's like a job like that's, that's it. how I look at it. That's if I did me, not have me, this me as a job, too. like, yeah, I would delete it. Like I don't, yeah, I would delete a hundred percent. Same here. Like my, I mean, especially in COVID, like my social media personal and for this podcast is my podcast. I post about my podcast. It's like, I will self promote my podcast. And I mean, you read the comments, but like other than that, I'm like, I don't see if someone doesn't have it as a job, I don't know why anyone is on social media. I, I don't get it. Same. Well, you know who's good about that is Connor, Connor Saley. He's not really into social media. I mean, he has he never he, posts or anything. He yet. says he's good like, him, but, yeah. yeah, he's like, well, let's talk about your amazing Behind the Rose podcast. So yeah. how does that get, you know, I have my podcast here five days a week. I interview lots of people that are on reality shows. Podcasts. How do you start a podcast about The Bachelor? Okay, that makes sense. And you decide you want a spin on it to tie into Nashville and mm-hmm. country music. And, you know, you have other people on there too, but where right. does, mm-hmm. where does this idea come from? Does someone, I mean, it's very unique. It's great, but I'm just yeah. curious. Yeah. So I, uh, it kind of happened in quarantine. Well, my, my co-host Eric Bradley, he kind of had the idea. So this was already a podcast behind the rose. It was already a podcast and it was um, a country music kind of radio type podcast. Uh, there's a bar here in Denver called Grizzly Rose, and it's like a, one of the last real honky tonks, you know, in the country. And he would literally interview people behind the rose, like behind in the in the parking lot of the Grizzly Rose. He'd interview musicians, 
And, you know, they just kind of gave up on it, if you will, at the time. And so we were like, you know what, let's rebrand it. Behind the Rose means behind the bachelor, behind country music, behind the Grizzly Rose. And then we obviously, like I said, we have like big brother people on there. We have some love is blind people, things like that, really stars. Um, but obviously with stagecoach and me, I'm well known for like country music, um, and music in general, music festivals. So we kind of leaned into that, you know, you got to lean into all that. And then, um, really it's just, it's, it's cool to be, our audiences are so similar. So people who, and that's why they have a country star on every season, basically, you know, come on and like sing a love song. So a lot of the audiences are the same. And so we just decided to kind of like play on that. And we have, we've had some huge name artists on and we'd have some up and coming artists on. And then we'd also have bachelor recaps with, we bring in a, a bachelor person every season, you know, every week and uh, talk about each episode and everything. So it's, it's kind of a cool play on. And then a lot of the, artists watch the show like are obsessed with the show it's which is really cool to see like huge artists are obsessed with the show or their wives are obsessed and so they can talk on the show as well so it's a cool uh i don't know it's a weird mix you know like you know i guess uh way for like both of these worlds to kind of collide yeah i mean like it's funny we've had lots of you and i the same guests like we've had kendall long mm -hmm. on and rachel bradshaw and right it's funny when you have like a brandy cyrus you know and you want to go talk bachelor like you yeah, would imagine it's funny when you find out the people that are into the bachelor and you're like, I yeah. never Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. Some of the like toughest, most badass country guys will sit, they'll like recognize me and come up to me and be like, dude, big fan, big fan. Like, tell me about the show. You know? And like, so it's pretty wild. We've had, uh, I'm trying to think of like some people we've had on that you would be shocked. I mean, Russell Dickerson is a huge fan of the show. Him and his wife sit down all the time and watch it. Carly Pierce is a huge fan of the show. We just had restless road on. They're like this new upcoming band with Kane Brown and, they're obsessed with the show like three dudes you know and like mid-20s are just obsessed with it so it's pretty funny to see yeah it is funny were yeah. you what do you like is there like a get well what do you like best about being a podcast host like what do you love about doing a podcast I, even it's it's so great it's something that like i knew would be kind of fun but it's almost therapeutic for me. Like if I'm having a bad day and I do not want to get on the podcast, I end up leaving the podcast in such a better mood, listening to people's stories and hearing, and like I said, we do have a mental health focus. Like we kind of talk about how they've, musicians go through an incredible amount of pressure and stress, life on the road, you know, trying to make music, you know, getting to the point they're at. And so it's just interesting to hear everybody's stories, you know, and like what they've been through and how they've come, come out the other side and, it's, it's the, the like determination they have. Um, so like, it's, it's in a weird way. It's almost therapeutic for me. You know, I enjoy speaking with people and I always leave a podcast in a better mood than I came in. Me too. For the most part. Yeah. I wouldn't, I didn't realize that country music audience and fans, it's a crossover. I wouldn't really have ever thought that there was a tie in that a lot yeah. of them just love the bachelor. Yeah. Big, big crossover. That's pretty cool to see. Is there a guest that you're just like dying? Like who's like a big get? Like, are you just like, this is my top five or top three list of mm. just like, I want this person within reason. I mean, you know, like, right, yeah, right, right. Cause people like, ask me that one. and I'm like, I could give you names, but they yeah, will well, never happen. I'm going to give you reasonable names <laughs> that may happen one day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my, honestly, my number one would be, and it's a, it probably would never happen, but it's a bachelor producer. I would just die to have a producer on the pod and just dig into um, kind of what they, they do behind the scenes, you know, because I know they sit in that room and they just like storyboard everything, you know, and I would just love that so much. That'll probably, again, unless somebody's just 
wins the lottery doesn't care off how much they get sued and they're just like let's do it let's burn it down you know but yeah that'll that'd be a hard one but that's that's my dream guest is any kind of basher producer did you ever watch the show unreal it's you did i haven't I ha- everybody asks me that but i have i've heard about it obviously but i've never watched it i've never watched it None of you have. There's not one person from Bachelor Nation I've had. You should really watch it. It is, yes, it is scripted. It is over the top, but you would love it. It's literally yeah. Constance Zimmer's amazing. And it's literally like these two producers who will just, I Do mean, anything. yeah, they're like, you know, they'll literally look up the girl's background and they'll be like, oh, you know, bring up the dead mother. It's like, but it, it goes, it's, 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 yeah. I mean, obviously over it's top. over the top, but you would probably love it and you would probably be like you know some of this some is probably of yeah, yeah. Some of it might be yeah well i think you should pull your brandy cyrus connection and try to work on getting miley on yeah right yeah that that's that's also a big one that i would i would enjoy um i, I also got some big country music people you know like i'd love to have kane brown on sam hunt who's in the works would be a would be a really cool one like people whose music i just relate to incredibly you know and like just would die you know luke, luke combs like i'd love to have luke combs on my show you know and we're friends like i'm friends with all these that's the wildest part is like like i'm friends with all these the country music's different than like you know pop or hip-hop or like these stars 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 you know like world star like these country music people they're you know they're incredibly talented and they are stars in their own right but also they're like like i went and hang out like stagecoach everybody makes fun of stagecoach weekend that was the wildest weekend of my life. Like in so many different ways. I had an artist pass. I was chilling on Jason Aldean's bus. I was hanging out with me and we put, I don't know if you know any of these people, we put Kane Brown in like a costume and brought it. He's like one of the biggest stars right now. We put him in like a disguise. We took him out into the pit, danced with him, like hanging out with Sam Hunt. Me and Sam Hunt and Grob Gonkowski were doing shotguns together. Like it's wild. Like just those people are just so cool and they just hang out with fans and just, just mingle with like regular people, which is pretty cool. Did you always love country music? Like that's just your genre. That's your favorite. Yeah, music. that's just. I like all kinds of music, but I just like the first country. When things changed for me is when I went to my first country music fest. Like when I went to the fest itself, I was like, whoa, like this is different, you know. But I love all kinds of music. Like even my top five on Spotify of twenty twenty or whatever, none of it was country music. I just enjoy like the concerts of country music and the fest. Yeah. Interesting. And I think you also yeah. need to have Sharna back on from Dancing with the Stars and you've got to get her. some, you got to get some Brian Austin green dirt for me and find out what's going on. <laughs> now that- what's so funny. Oh, what's so funny is I had her on the week. She was like, she was like, uh, I have a boyfriend and then none of us knew we were like, well, what? But she wouldn't tell me at the time. And literally like three days later it came out or they were spotted somewhere. And I was like, damn it, Sharna, why didn't you drop that on my podcast? <laughs> that would have been, you haven't spoken to her since. No, I mean, just through like texts and DMs and stuff, but never on the pod, no. You got to get, you got to get all the dirt on Brian Austin Green, throw in some Megan Fox <laughs> questions, like, yeah, you right. know. Ooh, have them like together on my pod, that'd be amazing, right? He, he might do it. He's on Mass Singer too. He's like one of the. Oh, I did know that yeah. actually, yeah. Yeah. See, listen, I'm just trying to hook you up. Look at you, here. look at you. You want to produce my podcast? <laughs> I mean, Sharna was in the mix to do this podcast at one point but then the whole thing with brian austin green happened and then uh, listen she's very smart to not come on this podcast after that i'm like <laughs> sweetie we're gonna talk about a lot of things but we're gonna get to brian austin green and there's gonna be a hundred <laughs> questions so people know where my angle is um yeah. is there anything else you want to leave us with anything we didn't cover i appreciate you being here answering all my questions yeah absolutely no i appreciate you having me on um yeah just uh go subscribe listen 
rate all that uh, behind the rose podcast. Uh, appreciate that. And then uh, follow me at balake.h. And also I DJ as well. So I'll be, well, hopefully when things open back up, I'll be out there DJing from city to city. So keep your eye out for me then. I know you DJ. What, like before all this. Type of music. Well, yeah. Like what type of music and does that tie into, you know, like do you get gigs from the bachelor? Like, listen, Paulie D is a great DJ, but let's face it. I mean, he got his start because of Jersey shore. And I mean, now he's amazing, yeah. but you know, yeah, Paris so he, Hilton, like people want to come yeah, see. He, <laughs> yeah. I, celebrity I, I DJs those. is what we yeah. call them. Yeah. Celebrity I'm, DJs. Um, yeah. Paulie D is in the top 10 most pay, well paid DJs in the world. It's freaking insane. Have you ever seen? Well, I don't know if you watch Jersey Shore. I, I still do. I mean, Polly's blink. I'm like a watch person. His watches are watch it. His watches are so on point. Forget about the chains, so but like those. those watches. Yeah, Polly D is making a shitload of money. I think he made 11 million in 19, I think. Yeah, he's in the wow. top 10 most paid, highest paid DJs. Yeah. Um, I play, I honestly like people, it's so funny because I do play like, for the most part, because I know what my audience is going to be. Listen, I pull up to a city to be a lot of like young white women. Like, God, that's just, you know, I know what my audience is going to be. So I play, I, I tailor my set more to that. But I, I play stuff that maybe people don't think. Like I play my last half hour, maybe 45 minutes of my set for the most part is rock. Like I play like Blink, Fall Out Boy, like all those old school, like emo type music. Remixes, obviously not the actual songs, but and people love it because sometimes they don't, haven't heard those songs in years, you know, and it like is very nostalgic. And so we, it's a blast. Man. It's something that I never thought I would really be able to do for a living. Uh, but now that I do it, I, like, it's so addicting. And I absolutely love it. It's so much fun. And despite being great at it, like, is there that bachelor, you know, like your audience is white oh, women, 100%. like, do they, they want a picture and just like, oh my God, it's Blake from oh, the I throw roses out at most of my sets. <laughs> yeah, like hundred percent, you know, which is fine. Listen, I'm not going to like stray away from that. Like, listen, if you're going to pay me whatever, you know, three, 4,000 more because I was on the bachelor, fine. I mean, I'll do that. Like whatever, you know, lean so, into it. Do, yeah, do, exactly. do you do the advanced meet and greet package? Like you got to do that yeah. picture. Like, <laughs> listen, I'm just going to produce your whole life. Like this this is what I do. I'm like, whatever you, it yeah, is, you perfect. need like the meet and greet before, or after. This is what you charge. Say hello, get your picture, get your rose, and move on. And just yep, exactly. Yeah. So everyone needs to follow you. So just tell everyone again where they can follow you and your podcast. Yeah, follow me at balake.h on Instagram and go listen to Behind the Rose podcast. Amazing. You've been a great guest. You'll have to come back when more stuff Absolutely. happens. If you ever need yeah. a fill in on your podcast, Bachelor fan, right here. Feel free to okay, I might have you on for a recap for sure then. We'd love that actually, yeah. I love I, I love a good recap. You know what? And this is awesome. the final thing and then we'll go. Podcast hosts make the best guests. Like seriously, I found oh, absolutely. they really, because like they yeah. show up on time, they know what to do. Just, you know, mm-hmm. so anytime. But thank you. I really appreciate all, right, all your time. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. All right, take care. All righty, see you. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review. Because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones. And the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. 
We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.